Welcome to House Party, a podcast for real estate news and pop culture collide coming straight to you from the editors of Realtor.com. I'm Natalie Way. I'm Eric Gunther. And I'm Rachel Stoltz. And welcome back to another episode. Uh, we are sheltering in place. We are still quarantined. Um, how are you guys doing? Great. Feeling good. <laughs> wow. That was much more positive than I expected from you. He's not always doom and gloom. <laughs> I'm never doom and gloom. <laughs> Uh, you are not. That's, yeah. He doesn't know that his nickname is Grumther. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, we're doing okay. That's good. I mean, have you guys heard the story about the 911 dispatcher whose neighbor got all up in her business? I did. I was uh, horrified by this. About yeah. leaving home. Yeah, so it was a, an outlet, I believe, in Denver reported that a note was left for this 911 dispatcher. It reads... In capital letters, please stay home. I noticed that a few days a week, you leave in the morning with your baby and return a short time later without it. Then I see the man of the house arrive with the baby later in the afternoon while your vehicle hasn't moved all day. This leads me to believe that the kid is in daycare. Stop. I also see you leave shortly after your husband, I assume, gets home. You aren't wearing any sort of uniform, and I've never seen you wear a mask. Bars are closed, and you couldn't possibly be getting groceries every night, which would also require you to wear a mask. So again, I ask you to please stay home. Help do your part in keeping our town safe, and capital letters again, stop leaving your home. And this woman, this woman who the note was written to is a 911 dispatcher. Yes, that is what we discovered. I guess she tipped off the, the media that that is why she's leaving her home every day, not in a uniform without her child because she is a 911 dispatcher. And this busybody, frankly, needs to butt out. I I mean, I feel like this is not the first instance I've seen, though, of neighbors getting riled up. I mean, even on my, um, my next door account, I'm seeing, I don't know about you guys, but I am seeing people really questioning the judgment of their neighbors, whether they're out for a walk. It's like the number of people that are out for a walk at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I think it it, it, it is leading towards a divisive situation, especially if certain areas or states are going to open up sooner than others. Right. And then it's also creating more animosity between people because it's, you know, and then people feel the need to self-police like this woman. Right. Yeah. And, and she doesn't even know the facts. She doesn't even know the context of her neighbor's life. So, I mean, I was in a bit of a situation uh, last week. I saw a woman on the street. I was walking my dog and I saw a woman on the street um, on a busy street in my neighborhood um, selling medical masks. Um, she, She was selling them for $3 each. And I go up to her and I said, Shame on you. Those those should be up at the hospital. I, I live right across from a hospital. You can probably hear the sirens. Um, and I said, shame, like the, those the doctors and nurses and healthcare workers, they need those. And she said, well, the people on the streets need them too. And I said, the people on the streets can wear cloth masks, frankly. Um, and doctors who are going into surgery can't. And she said, you know what? Just mind your own business. Blah blah. blah. Go away. And so I just you know I turned away. But I. I just felt so compelled and I'm not usually someone who, who, you know, is outspoken like that and will just get up in some stranger's face. But I don't know. I think it's just, we've all heard on the news, you know, if you're not a healthcare worker, don't, you know, don't wear a medical mask. Those need to be reserved for 
the, the, the healthcare workers. So that's kind of what motivated me to be a little bit of a, you know, waving my finger in this person's face. <laughs> right. But I mean, first of all, you make a very valid point. Secondly, if she were handing them out for free, I don't know that it would have made you as mad. I don't want to speak for you. But I mean, I think yeah. the, the bigger issue here is she was trying to make a profit off of it. So exactly. not only is she selling these masks that are now not available for our, our healthcare workers, she was doing it just to profit herself. Right. And I'm sensitive to the fact that, you know, maybe this woman had just been laid off or she just lost her job. You know, maybe she's caring for someone who's very sick and she I mean, we all need, you know, we all need financial support this time. But I was just like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> Seriously? Um, but yeah, a little bit different than what we had here with with the woman calling out the 911 dispatcher. I guess the 911 responder told uh, Fox 31 in Denver, she said, if somebody's having a bad day, they're taking it out on you, just be kind. That's something oh, that's... I have to do every day in my job. So that's a good reminder. She didn't take this personally. She does this every day with people who are, I'm sure, panicked and stressed on the phone. And mm -hmm. it's a good um, message, I think, for us to take to heart. Yeah, you always have to kind of put yourself in the other person's shoes. She's a good soul. We need more people like that. <laughs> she handled that a lot better than I would have. Um, well, switching to something that's maybe a little bit lighter of a topic, uh, we thought it would be a fun idea to take a look back at one of the most popular, if not the most popular show to ever be on HGTV. Um, we write about it a lot on our site. We talk about it a lot. We've talked about it on the podcast. Um, Fixer Upper. Chip and Joe, we decided to give the pilot episode a rewatch. We're Chip and Joanna Gaines, and we've made those outer reach neighborhoods reachable. We do it all. Over the last eight years, we've had four kids and we've renovated over a hundred properties. And we really feel like we're just getting started. Do you have the guts to take on a fixer upper? It was filmed in 2013 you guys yeah it, it aired in mid-2013 mid so I, I it might have been yeah somewhere in the late 2012 early 2013 time frame is probably the filming okay so we wanted to see you know how bad the decor was or how you know how, how things have changed um, yeah just how they've evolved and if their aesthetic was any different in the beginning just get kind of getting in a time machine and going back into the early days of Chip and Joanna. For people that do want to catch up on this, it is on Hulu. We all watched it on Hulu, and it all I think all five Fixer Upper seasons are on Hulu if you mm -hmm. want to go back yeah. and rewatch this one as well. What did you guys, just initial, you know, overall thoughts, what did you guys think of this episode? Definitely a lot less. I mean, there was elements of Chip Sass, but a lot less of it. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, because now I think in the le the later seasons, it's a lot more of him and Joe, you know, kind of batting each other. Like, kind you of know, fighting. Bi bi bickering. Keep fighting. Yeah, bicker bickering is For what sure. I call it. For yeah. sure. You yeah. know a producer went in there, like, once he knew that people were just vibing off of their chem like their chemistry as a married couple, you know a producer came in and was like, yeah, give Chip, me more. Like, keep going. Give me more. Yeah. Cause Chip more, gets, more, like, more. By the last season, Chip is a goo he's a goofball, but he's yeah. just like so big by the last season. So right. it was really subdued in this episode. 
Yeah, I mean, but you can see, the, I think, the elements that kind of helped them push their brand into the stratosphere was that the fact that they were very united as a couple and very, mm-hmm. like, into each other. Mm-hmm. And bringing, you know, they, they the kids actually come by the renovation. And right. It shows them, like, picking out furniture with the, or going to her barn and picking out furniture with the kids. And, yep. yeah, like, from the get-go, it pushes their family values yep. and their togetherness as a couple and and they're like the yin to the yang type of thing so yeah um, I've always kind of wondered because again I have not given it very much time or thought I've always sort of wondered what is the big deal with Chip and Joe I don't understand this obsession watching the pilot all the way through I I can kind of get how people fell in love with them immediately Let's jump into just some quick details about the show. So the the couple um, that bought the house was Doug and Lacey McNamee. They wanted a four-bedroom house, which I wrote, lol. <laughs> and, and their budget was $250,000. In a neighborhood that normally houses go for five hundred to a million. Yeah, and uh, that, that to me was a shocking detail. Even I mean, because this is seven years ago, and I think the median price in Waco is still probably under 200,000 that the fact that even 7 years ago there was neighborhoods of 500,000 to million dollar homes I right have, yeah joanna called this neighborhood of castle heights the jewel of waco so um, they are looking in one of the nicest neighborhoods it was a bit of a struggle to find something that fit their you know all of their requirements um they wanted a four bedroom home i believe the home that they chose was a two bedroom home yeah i think so but uh, so they ended up choosing the second house. It's a 1930s old, old house, um, but it had good bones. They ended up buying it for 190k, so below 40 $40,000 or $60,000, the math, <laughs> $60,000 below their budget. Um, so they had some, some good cash to throw into it. And it was a true fixer-upper. It needed help. Like there was this ivy growing on the siding, um, it needed new new wiring in it because it was an old house. Uh, so those are all really costly things. So when it came down to it, I'm actually pretty surprised that they pulled it off while staying under or just slightly like pretty much within budget. I wrote $40,000 for all that does not seem believable. I wrote 40k sounds like nothing for this house. Yeah, well, and uh, but that that's a that's a <laughs> recurring thing I think within Fixer Upper and in a lot of HGTV shows too. It's like yeah. y- y- they say, "Oh, well, we only have $40,000 in the budget." But then Chip and Joe make a pergola and they rewire the entire house and we get you a little discount <laughs> on this. And so the fact I don't know that they spent I think they spent way more than forty thousand dollars to get this but where's place. that money coming from well the produ- the production <laughs> budget I mean I think HGTV has made that money back many times over by now uh, but that may- that anchors me as a viewer I want to realistically if I'm gonna watch a show <laughs> I want to realistically think I can do that to my house for forty thousand dollars okay well I yeah. think you have a pitch for a new show called house accounting <laughs> where we watch a CPA just sit there with a little Go through every single line item. So um, there's usually a big conflict in these HGTV shows. And the big conflict, you know, the the, the second act of the show is the house needs to be rewired, which is an expensive thing. Um, So Chip had to call Doug. uh, So Chip had to call him and say the house needs to be rewired. And he was totally fine with that. So anyway, so the big reveal comes down 
the day is here. Uh, and what did you guys think of the decor? I wrote overfurnished, cluttered, heavy. Yeah, I, wrote, I would agree with that. I wrote a bit busy, overstuffed. Yeah, there, there was a, too much going on. The office and the outdoor space was gorgeous. Yeah, but I, I think we're all in agreement on the overstuffed nature of the decor in like the living for sure area. Sister loves a heavy curtain. I didn't know that. Like a heavy silk curtain. Yeah. yeah. Um, I made a list of decor that screams 2013. Um. <laughs> Shiplap above the fireplace, Doug's desk chair, trellis pattern pillows, subway tile backsplash, kitchen chandelier with beads, reclaimed wood range hood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noted all those things, but I will note that I, I also noted down the word shiplap was not mentioned in this episode. Yes, well. it was not. That's Joanna's famous famous buzzword. And Just reclaimed wood. Yeah, there yes. was reclaimed wood, but there was n- no mention of the word shiplap that she yeah. became yeah. famous for. We'll have to wait for that one. I, I will say that although the decor in this place was overstuffed, it was busy, and it was very mid-2010s, it wasn't the worst offender. There there are worse designs on this season. And what it wasn't also was the, what we now have come to think of as modern farmhouse. It was, I mean, there were elements of mm-hmm. that, but there, it was not. That, you know, whatever Joanna's signature aesthetic is now, you know, where yep. people have in their head about what the gains do, it was not that yet. Well, it's nope. certainly marinating, though. Yeah. I mean, that reclaimed wood uh, yeah, range, mm-hmm. hood range and everything was like, oh, you're, get- you're getting there, girl. I, what I did after I watched it is I went and did a deep, not a deep dive, maybe a shallow dive into <laughs> like what happened to this house after you know, after the cameras left. The last few moments of the show, Chip says, you know, all in, you guys spent 240000 You could sell it tomorrow for 250000 And I was like, well, did they eventually sell it? They did. They sold it in 2016. And it was listed in June 2016 for $399,000. And I read an article, I think in the Waco Tribune, wow. that they had offers right away that first day. The final price wasn't disclosed, but we can assume it sold like within a month. So they either got more than 400,000 or right at 400,000. So wow. I would, I would definitely say that I'm sure that the fixer upper cachet helped them sell yeah. that house. Yeah. Um, well, and, because... and the fact that it's the first, the, they can say it's, it was the first one. It was the first. Yeah. So that's what happened. That's the story of the first episode. Yeah. That's the story of the beginning of, fixer upper um so listeners if you want to take a little stroll down memory lane um if fixer upper is your jam or if you're just curious about what the heck is this obsession that people have um go on hulu take a look uh fixer upper pilot and let us know what you think write us podcast at realtor.com i think i'm going to post on facebook too i'll let you guys know that we recapped this one and tell us there what you think yeah Join us as we walk down memory lane. We can add something new to Natalie's list of hacks. (laughs) I have a great hack list that's going. Um, It includes doing the dishes while you make coffee. (laughs) Uh, It includes, what is my other hack? Oh, Buying a, a pillow that's a couple inches bigger than your case so it that's fills it out. That's sort of a hack. 
That's a good hack. That, that's at the top of the list. But going back to number two about the pillow, <laughs> we looked at uh, what's trending right now on Amazon, like in terms of decor. And were you, were you surprised by the fact that there were a few pillows up on there? I wasn't. Well, you know, there, it's, it's, yeah, it's pillow inserts, which... Pillow um, inserts, I'm sorry. I wasn't surprised because I myself have bought a pillow insert while <laughs> in quarantine. Yeah, it, it seems that the, the, there are a few trends, though. I mean, we looked at the Amazon bestsellers, like for decor. Uh, I don't know what time period this is over, if it's over the last day or the last week. Mm-hmm. But uh, right now, it's all about candles and lap desks and, yeah, pillows. Right. Things that make your home cozy. Comfortable and cozy. Yeah. The number one bestseller in home decor on Amazon right now is a Glade candle. Um, the flavor is Blooming Peony and Cherry, which mm. sounds disgusting, quite Sorry. frankly. <laughs> I wonder why this one is the most popular Glade scent. I mean, I, I, I am curious. Oh Well, and then there's there was another... Oh, and then the next Glade scent, which is number five, is Clean Linen and Sunny Days, which I can see that, that being... I've yes. used that one. It's not bad. <laughs> We're back to a candle podcast again. I know. You guys know. If if you guys get me going, you know how yeah, far I'll go with I, I know. forever. My other question for both of you, though, is I, I know, Rachel, I don't know if you mentioned this on the pod, but you had mentioned what you were using as your lap desk for a little while. He's referring to when I was using a suitcase as my desk. <laughs> that Well, that was a suitcase as a coffee table. I don't know what it was. <laughs> Multi-purpose suitcase. <laughs> Multi-purpose. It was a decision. I'll tell you that much. You know what else is on this list is um, white noise machines, which makes sense because you know you have multiple people who are working at home mm. right now. Maybe you want to have some white noise in the background to help you. Uh, or you're, you're not sleeping well. I mean, you. May or not you're not sleeping. Yeah. One of my favorite items on this list is number thirty-two. Okay. I know what you're going to say. Yes. it's word art Um, it's a nice Uh little piece of word art decor and it says you never know what you have until it's gone toilet paper for instance nice Um, so I have now found my Christmas gift for Rachel cool yeah yeah I mean (laughs) as far as I could tell it was the only word art that made the top 100 here on Amazon Rachel you will just have to keep an eye on the mail and you might get a special surprise Oh, goody. Cannot wait. You guys know I love a time capsule. And most of the time capsules we see, and when I when I say time capsule, I'm talking about a house that hasn't been touched in, say, decades. I haven't seen as many time capsules from the 80s, which is a decade that, uh, in terms of decor was a little iffy iffy at best. Mm -hmm. So when we found this home, it's in Indian Wells, Coachella Valley, out there in the desert, kind of by Palm Springs-ish. But it's on the market for $6 million. This place was built in 1989, and it could not look more 1989. Mm -hmm. This is like the embodiment of a house or a mansion, 1989. But like, kind of classy... Classy? Not classy is the wrong word. It's just it's cohesive. (laughs) It's cohesive. I would live there. I don't really like eighties decor, but I would definitely live there. It's fun. There are. It's fun. Lights. There are multicolor lights. There is neon. There are geometric angles to this house. 
um, it's Eric, turqu- turquoise, yeah. hot pink. I mean, think M- Miami Vice, those two mm-hmm. shades. It's kind of transcendent too, because I could see a lot of the elements of this place popping up in designs today mm-hmm. from people who kind of have more of an eclectic design aesthetic, like this sh- this neon chandelier over the kitchen island in the in the kitchen, like yeah, <laughs> the kitchen island in the kitchen. I could see that being a thing in someone's like cool west hollywood pad or something right but then but then you look beneath that chandelier and then you have that rounded island and the kind of the mauve cabinetry i could see that too though i could see that too i i really it's the pink cabinetry is in yeah this year that's that's a one of our trends for 2020s and curved curved furniture that's completely still in yeah i this is very while I agree with you that yes it's well done it's not that it's it's a crummy looking house by any stretch of the imagination it's just very very 80s and I guess to me it looks like a 2020 house that was actually designed to look like the 80s it doesn't to me look like it was designed in the 80s that's Hmm. an excellent categorization of it I would say let me give you the particulars it's seven bedrooms 14 bathrooms and twelve thousand ish square feet spread over about an acre and a half it's it's a compound it'd be an awesome place to rent if we can ever have coachella or stagecoach or any of the (laughs) festivals down there again it'd be amazing this yeah. would easily be a place that some celeb would rent out for that weekend. I mean, right. and that kind of brings me to my next question. Who, which celebrity could you guys see buying this place? My first thought, Rebel Wilson. Okay. <laughs> I, have a, I have a hot take. You okay. don't like Rebel Wilson. She is not funny at all. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I agree with you. I don't think she is either, so you're in London shooting cats right now, right? No. I mean, not right now. You're here. But yeah. So yeah. that's exciting. How's that going? Um, it's uh, pretty interesting to be a cat all day. Um, doing a lot of like, <sighs> you know, like cat stuff. Right. What about this, says Rebel Wilson to you? Just the, the fact that it's kind of loud and. Yeah. C- loud and kooky. Yeah. Okay. Um, I could see Ariana Grande buying this house. Okay. Because it has a lot of these nine early nineties, late eighties vibes with the neon and it's there's a lot of pink in this house and yeah, I could just see her being like, This is cute and I I could see that. Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. Eric, who do you think? Uh, I think it's it's also music artist, but it's somebody that may not have made enough money yet. She's on her way to making that money, but I think it's a Dua Lipa. She has those mm-hmm. eighty that, those eighties vibes, definitely in her songs. And she has that video that's straight up the, like eighties workout. The physical video, right? video. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I see Dua Lipa. I see this as a, a perfect place for a video shoot. And I just read who she's dating in the New York Post. Who, who is she who, dating? Who, who? Anwar Hadid. Oh, that's oh. right. That's right. That's right. Sister of Gigi and Bella and son of Mohammed. Mohammed, yes. A fixture on Beverly Hills Housewives. Yes, who has had quite a real estate <laughs> saga. <laughs> yes, himself. of his own. Good picks. Good picks all around. Hopefully one of us is right. Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> mm.
Now it's time for winners and losers. This is our segment where we discuss celebrities and the houses that they bought, sold, or rented. We choose one loser and one winner each week. And our loser this week is Coach Rick Patino. Yes. Basketball uh, Rick, coach. Yeah. Rick Patino recently got a job back in the college basketball ranks. He's going to coach at Iona, which is a small school up in uh, New York, I believe, in New York State. Yep. Uh, and um, he, we had talked about him, I think, a few pods ago, uh, mm-hmm. where he had this house in Indian Indian Creek, which is a small island right off Miami, and it had been on the market since 2016. It finally sold, and it sold for $17 million. So he took about 20% less than even his lowest asking price, mm. and it had taken, like I say, four years. For that 20% cut, we're calling him our loser of the week. Yeah, we discussed this house um, a few, a couple episodes ago, Uh so we don't feel like we really need to go into it, but it's a Mediterranean style home, eight beds, five and a half baths plus. <laughs> yes. Um, it's nearly 10,000 square feet. It's a big place, uh, but we thought that the, anyone who bought the house is buying it for the land value. Right. Um, yeah. It's because it's, yeah, yeah the land that it's on it might be it, this house might be knocked down even though it's a gorgeous mediterranean not exactly my style but it's it's not that it's old or decrepit by any stretch but mm-hmm. when somebody buys the land on this exclusive island they might want to just knock it down and start fresh yeah so anyway so he is our two-time loser because i think he was a loser the last time we talked about him because he took a hit um Luckily, he sold it, but he sold it for quite a cut. Yes. Quite a price cut. And let's move on to our winner. Our winner is Garrett Cole. This was a bit of a tongue twister because he is a new New York Yankee. He signed a huge contract, signed a nine-year deal with the Yankees for $324 million. So, Whoa. Yeah, that's a big deal. I think it was... I think it, if I remember correctly, I think it's the richest deal a pitcher has signed ever. And um, so he's our winner because he bought a massive house in Greenwich, Connecticut. Yeah. So he took some of that $324 million, which he hasn't gotten all of it yet. And, uh, of course, uh, baseball is suspended right now. But uh, in February, when baseball was still on and he was getting ready probably to head down to Florida for spring training, they closed on a house. He and his wife closed on a house in Greenwich for $5.55 million. And it this is, is a beautiful house. It I, is th- a I thought you guys would like this house. I don't, quintessential Rachel? Greenwich. It's so classy Northeastern. Yeah. And I think what you'll like about it, Natalie, was built in 2016. So there... <laughs> There's, There's plenty no. of room to be done to this house. <laughs> plenty plenty of updates, let me tell you. You got no, five I'm kidding. years actually, worth of updating to do. I know. <laughs> no, I actually, I really, I, this house is extremely classy. It could be on the cover of like Front Gate magazine. Yeah, it, I, I love it. I thought, I thought he did a great job picking. I don't know if he or his wife picked. She also was a, she was a star softball player. And there's mm. a video of them playing catch in the yard she's she's pregnant now and uh they were playing catch in the yard and we noted that they were playing catch in greenwich and uh we looked into it and found that uh this this was the house they bought awesome 
It's a five bed, six and a half bath home, um, nearly 9,000 square feet. It's on about two acres of land. So yeah, they, I don't know if 5.5 is a deal. Like, I don't know if well, they- Well, the house came on the market last September for 5.45. Mm-hmm. So they paid right around asking and I- okay. you know, Price per square foot in Greenwich, I'm sure, I don't think it, they paid, they overpaid by any stretch of the imagination. I think it's- Yeah, it, it says it, the, the neighborhood median price is 4.3. 4. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And he's only about, it's the Greenwich is about, this house is about 30 minutes from Yankee Stadium. So he's, he's, he's not too far away from you, Natalie. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll pop over for a swim. <laughs> Pool party at Garrett Cole's. So Garrett Cole is our winner. Of the um, week for more, winner- more, more ways than one. That huge contract and this beautiful new home. that is it for house party thank you so much for tuning in if you like what you heard today you can subscribe to our podcast uh in apple Podcasts. we're on spotify tell your friends tell your family um if you could do us a solid and give us a five-star rating and write a review it helps people discover our podcast um, if you want to check out any of the stories that we discussed today, you can go to realtor.com slash news, or you can go to Google, type in realtor.com and the topic. Uh, it should pop up in your browser. For more information on our coronavirus coverage, for tips and tricks for coping through this time, go to our landing page. It's realtor.com slash COVID 19. You can email us at podcast at realtor.com. We would love to hear from you and answer Uh, Any questions you might have, we might just do it on air. And we would love if you gave us a follow on Facebook or Twitter. We are at House Party Pod on both. Thanks again. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay indoors, wash your hands. We will talk to you later. Bye. 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 Bye.